2: I am back at the battlegrounds in the Maze of Tents to take part in the whole Dyer saga. But this time, rather than joining the Dyer and all their murderous ways, I'm going to stop them. Or at least try to. Here begins a grim proposal. The man who introduced himself as Quivus Knots promptly provides you with the details of a simple but gruesome task. Begins While meandering through the maze of tents just outside the battlegrounds, you are approached by a thin, elderly man clad in a leather waistcoat. The old man, his bright, wide eyes sparkling in the late afternoon sun, introduces himself as Kivus and asks if he might have a word with you. Fancy bumping into you on Iron Crown, he says, smiling. Though why should that surprise me? You've earned the right to make your your mark here. I'm honoured to make your acquaintance, Soup. If half of what I've heard of your exploits even approaches the truth, well what more can I really say? Curvas then tells you he's at the battlegrounds to meet up with someone who's supposed to help him complete a pressing task. As you may be able to discern, he says. The person I've come here to find has yet to be found. I dare say he may, after all, prove to unreliable. Perhaps you'll like to handle it for me? It's a small thing, really. It tells you are having trouble with it. It's a bit of gold in it for you. Interested? Curious about the nature of his pressing task. You ask him to further explain it. The man who introduced himself as Quivers nods and promptly provides you with the details of a simple but gruesome task. There is a man staying on this island who must be killed, says Kivus, his voice never wavering as he lays out the scant details of his grim endeavour. You needn't worry over just who he is. You may believe me when I tell you he is not worthy of even the most miserable portions of his wretched life. Curvis's chilling words delivered without the slightest hint of emotion. Those who would have this done will not entertain questions, he says, as if, it's, as if to dissuade you from asking him anything about the task. It is simple enough, particularly for one of your unquestioned ability. You'll have 200 gold if you see it through. So here are my options. Divination, accept the task, refuse the task, or demand him no more about it. He's probably not going to tell me anything, but divination first. It succeeded. You immediately sense that Curvas is lying. A strong awe of evil surrounds the elderly man. Refuse the task then you you refused the task I was surprised when curvis seemed indifferent it's really quite a shame the older man said you might have been useful even far beyond this small errand no hard feelings of course a meeting was after all merely by chance enjoy the rest of this wonderful afternoon my friend with that curvis turns and strides off through the maze of tents leaving you with countless unanswered questions and an unsettled feeling in the pit of your stomach. It wasn't until the next day that you learn of the grisly murder that has took place in the encampment inside the battlegrounds. A lone man, asleep in his high tent, had his throat cut The murder of the lone adventurer in the encampment remains the foremost topic of conversation in the battlegrounds for quite some time. Various theories and suspicions are put forth, and Zimwin even offers a genuine reward for anyone able to help find and capture the killer. No killer is ever found. To only a few months, the incident in the encampment is all but forgotten. Lost amidst the endless bustle and frantic stir. That epitomizes the battleground of Iron Crown Island. That finishes this quest for sixty-four experience. To general. Is the next one unlocking locked? Yes. Next one is nine days later. So it unlocks even if I don't do anything. Because he's killed anyone. Anyway. No matter what you do. Adventures for this location. Nine days later, just over a week has passed since the gruesome slaying of a lone adventurer in the encampment outside the battlegrounds. It's been nine days since the body of a murdered adventurer was discovered in the encampment outside the battlegrounds. Despite the increased vigilance of the adventurers who frequent the island, the killer has not been found. Begin to suspect that the murder and the events that took place in this immediate aftermath are slowly fading from the minds of the island's pop- populace, White Wren. While making your way through the deserted northern end of the tent maze, you certainly find yourself face to face with none other than Curvis, the elderly man, his bony hands resting on his hips, smiles and bows as you warily approach. A beautiful day on Iron Crown, he says, casting his eyes skyward, his smile broadening and his eyes reflecting the unbroken blue canvas that stretches in all directions to the horizon. I believe we shall see fair weather in the next few days. I'm rarely wrong on such matters. Well, I suppose we shall see. I trust you've been keeping well. Curvus looks away from the cloudless sky and settles his unnerving gaze upon you. The old man's demeanour hardens as he fixes you with a contemplative stance. You sense he's attempting to collect his thoughts before speaking. Perhaps the last task wasn't entirely to your liking, he says. At last, his voice bearing a sharp, unpleasant edge. Your reasons do not matter. They are your own. They are your own. I prepared to give you another chance. The choice is known. Yours? No. should you decline. I will not seek you out again. Well, since this task is going to be murdering people, you know, without, you know, the... without even a semblance of a trial obviously i want nothing to do with it i'm going to tell kervis i want nothing more to do with him except possibly except possibly for dragging you in front of the Learist court and then putting you in front of some really good interrogators poss- po- probably with a very high level of divination magic to find out all about your organisation. Nothing more. Curvis nods, then, without another word, he turns and heads off towards the portal that will take him to the Misty Lock in West Westmere. You hope you've seen the last of him. When he's no longer in sight, you make your way out of the tent maze and back towards the gates of the battlegrounds. That finishes this adventure for another 64 experience to general. And then we move on to part the third part, a winkle. Yes, this is now. I think we're going to learn about the second side in this endeavour. Wary from having spent a restless, uncomfortable night in the encampment, and now shivering in the unseasonable chill that grips the island, you make your way towards the maze of tents. Start the adventure. It could be normal or scaled. Er, uh, normal. Here we go. You were astir before the f- before the sun typically peered over the shimmering eastern rim of Bowerlock, weary for having spent a restless, uncomfortable night in the encampment, and now shivering in the unseasonable chill that grips the island, you make your way to the maze of tents, hoping that a stroll through the blight, brightly away straws will hope bore your sagging spirits. More than just the gnawing chill has served to dampen your mood. A vague sense of unease. The unsettled feeling that suggests something is about to happen. Has not left you since last night. It is, by any measure, a nagging, eerie, almost dreadful notion, and one that you hope will see fit to come to nothing. As you move, move into the tent maze, your sense of foreboding renews its grip on your imagination. Wandering through the deserted lanes that divide the colorful tents, you try your best to pit to picture this place as will be when all of Iron Crown is at last awake. The, t- the acquired emptiness that surrounds you, entirely at odds with the noisy, cheerful bustle you are attempting to envision, seems strangely frightening. You suddenly realize you're not alone here. Your train of thought evaporates as your eyes are suddenly drawn to two men standing just up ahead. Their backs are pressed against a tall rail fence that edges, edges the lane. Are willing to let the lurking pair think think their presence has startled you? You continue towards them, your keen eyes seeking any sign that might serve to betray their intentions. As you draw closer, one of the men, a stout, bearded fellow, raises his white right hand and hails you with a friendly wave. You return the gesture and continue in, your, in their direction. Your stride relaxed and your demeanour placid, but your guard raised. Which makes sense after, you know, the assassination. The shorter of the two men, a thick, balding man, his face covered by a short cropped black beard, steps up to meet your approach. As he draws up to you, you immediately note he is missing his left hand. The man, his bare, his general bearing, revealing the long years he may have spent soldiering, shows you he and his companion wish to have a word with you. Fancy our luck to find you out and about so early, he says. I suppose this stretch will... Be all the in a bit. Well, I best just cut to it. Still uncertain about these men and their possible motives. You guardedly listen as the bearded man tells you why he and his companion have come to Iron Crown Isle. The bearded man, having just introduced himself as Troscar, tells you his companion's name is Jod. Oh, another Jod. So many Jods. He says that he and Jod managed to observe your most recent encounter with Curvas. They have come to issue a warning, to make you a proposition. Curvas is a dangerous fellow, says Tuscar. But the people he represents, the people you will never see, who are more dangerous still. Have I heard of an outfit called Dyer? Yes, I thought you might have. I, can't, I can tell you they're not only a reality, but a deadly, and dare I say it, emboldened one. Skruskar tells you that Dyer, a sinister group that splintered, splintered from the Night Whispers, is once again operating throughout Tysa, nefariously imposing its cruel will through a grim campaign of intimidation, brutality and murder. At most everyone believed that Dyer had been broken in twisted to Thane Poland and his men waged a war against the group, ultimately catching and hanging its leader, Renwald Hurf. The death of Renwald was thought to mean the end of the Dyer. Those who remained loyal to the murderous group attempted to assassinate the Thane and several of his commanders. But to doubt Poran's resolve or readiness was to prove their undoing. Skraskar tells you that the assassins who made the attempt on the Thane and his commanders were captured and summarily put to death, hanged before before the gates of Keep. They hung there for an entire day, Skraskar. It was a gruesome display. And not something anyone of this day and age is accustomed to witnessing. Still, the capture and killing of the seven assass- assassins may well, might well prove to be one of the few true successes in, in the good thane's ceaseless war against the un, against the vernon that stream out of the Adderstones under valley. Truscott Truscott quickly points out that despite having been soundly defeated on the streets of Trithic, a handful of dire surviving members, including the man you know as Quivus, fled the city and vanished. We have been following Quivus for over a year, says Truscar. When he fled from Twythick, we lost his tail. As old as he is, we believe he might have died. But we recently learnt that he is alive, as you well know. We need your help, Soup. We need you to help us strike a blow from which Dyer will not recover. As if having anticipated the question you're about to ask him, Truskar tells you that he and Jod are members of an order known as the Black Wit. You immediately recognise the name, recalling several incidents over the past few years involving the group. Most think we scattered to the winds when our leader, Yuthmo, was hanged. Says so Truska, we are not gone. But though it should come as no great surprise, there aren't as many of us left. We're good people, Soup, like yourself. Our methods may not be perfect, but let there be no shadows cast on the ends towards which we stride. Where the established law and order have failed. We have taken up and carried on the fight. Dyer is our target. Those in power would have you believe Dyer is gone, defeated. No longer a threat to anyone. We know otherwise. We need your help to land what will be a killing bro. Despite what Truscar has told you, you can't help but recall several gruesome tales involving the violent measures employed by the Black Wit in their self-directed crusade against their enemies. Apparently sensing your apprehension, Tuscar tells you that under Yuffro's leadership, the Black Wit did employ tactics that he and others found not to the liking. Despite this, he says, that Yuffro's commitment to the defeat of the dire and other sinister entities must not be overlooked we've stumbled since his death last spring he says we've come close to disbanding several times but our desire desire to see through your wish, wish for the good of all has kept us going let the end of the of dire be a bold pronouncement of our continuation i asked it to hope, us with you we can realize that which has always just slipped through our gas, grasp. Tuskadar asks you to join in I and mean, his associates, the Black Wit, in their battle against the Dyer. With your help, we will break them, he says, and drive them into the ruin they so readily inflict upon others. Please consider this carefully, Zoop. We will not make such an offer a second time fateful decision. Inexplicably, you feel your destiny may in some way be linked to the choice you're about to make. All right, I'll help the dyer. Tuscar, his reaction more subdued than you had anticipated, simply nods and tells you he has no doubt you would be up for such dangerous endeavour. Much to your surprise, however, he leans in, and this is you can only be described as a stern warning. You must distance yourself from Quivus, Should you find yourself drawn into any such circumstance? When time is right, we will make our move. But until then, we can do nothing that might compromise our campaign. There are too many lives at stake not to take every possible precaution. Twiscar tells you you will you will be found when you are needed. Both he and Jod thank you, and remind you to be on your guard. With that, the two men depart, Trescar walking several yards ahead of Jod, as they warily make their way out of the tents. When both men are out of sight, you continue on your way through the maze of tents, wondering where all of this will ultimately lead, and hoping you make the right choice. As you reach the entrance of the tent maze, your eyes immediately fall upon a curious sight. Standing less than a dozen yards away, near the gates of the battlegrounds are Truskar and Jod. The two men are engaged in a lively, though apparently friendly conversation with none other than Zumwin. The master of the battlegrounds laughs heartily and slaps Truskar on the shoulder, before turning and striding off towards the red stone keep. As Trusco and Jod turn and make for the portal that will take them to the misty lock in Westmere, you certainly find yourself pondering at a new wrinkle on what is already a rapidly evolving, puzzling affair. And that finishes this adventure for 128 experience to general. Alright, another quest has been unlocked. Bones and dusk, that dust, that is in Talinus So which means it's time to leave the island. Travel, southeast Tosa, central Telsa, Talanus. Talanus, known as the city of the Griffin, is the capital of the kingdom of Tulsa. The ancient walled city stands at the southernmost end of the Sand Split and is home to the citadel of King Wenwald, Tysa's ruling monarch. And we've, we've read that before, so let's see. Back down to adventures for this location. Bones and Dust. The old woman lowers her head as she steps towards the obelisk. The soft, gentle sound of a half whispered prayer serves to give you a moment's pause. It can be normal or it can be scaled. Hmm. I guess that means there's at least one option where there's some combat. I'll go for normal. It is early autumn when your second encounter with Truskar occurs. The thick, balding man his face covered by a dark, short-cropped beard, and his bearing still insisting, upon a a considerable time spent shouldering, strides up to you at the edge of the market in the city's eastern district. I'm alone, he says, speaking as if the admission had served to settle some lingering doubt. Much has happened since we last spoke on the island, It isn't very good, I'm afraid. We need to move very quickly. We need to strike back at the snake that seems to be coiling around us before we find ourselves unable to do so. You wonder how it is that Tuscar came to find you here in Talonis, far removed from the shores of Iron Crown Island, where your first encounter took place for a moment content to disregard several unsettling notions related to this particular line of inquiry. There is a woman in possession of a certain back. It tells you as the two of you make your way to the edge of the lane. She is known to us only as Wind Flame. I will so say to you now, Zoop, do not let either her youth or beauty influence your perception of her. She's a vicious and heartless soul as you'd ever likely to meet. She's one of the dye's deadliest assassins. And she'll be within our week before the week is within our reach before the week is out. You ask Tuscar about in the back, seeking to find out what it contains and why he wants it. So he shows you can reveal no more about it. Then, after a brief pause, admits that he is not himself certain. Most of the time I will know little about these tasks, he says, as if the revelation is somewhat shameful to him. Secrecy, at least if a job is complete, is guarded at every level. You and even I will often have to place our trust in ideas we've we have no part in dreaming up and adhere to decrees put forward by people we will not see, may never know. It is at times a bit difficult, though ultimately, I'm afraid, necessary. Truskar tells you that tracking down the woman known as Windflame was thought to be an impossible endeavour. There was no longer any real hope in it, he says. Then we discovered something. Truskar reveals it was discovered that the young woman known as Windflame is fiercely devout, and she frequents an ancient shrine hidden in the forest east of Talanus seems that even those the dire claims among his rank are not above proper piety, he says. the shrine she visits is an obelisk, raised somewhere in the Old Ages, in honour of the Allfather. It is known as the shrine of the frozen heart. Perhaps a sage might tell us the importance of the name, but it is of no present concern to us. No, not a surprise. I mean, often it's the most, most insidious people that need, that need the most faith, if only, if only so they can convince themselves. No, no. I'm actually good. Even though I kill all those people, I'm good. Because I pray every day. <laughs> Tuskar tells you that the obelisk stands in a remote corner of the forest, a few miles east of the city. He then describes a location to you, detailing an obscure route you can take to reach it unnoticed. It was, I understand, once a place which pilgrims from across these lands would flock, he says, but it is now all but forgotten. Sort of sad, really, that a monument raised in his name would suffer such neglect. But such things do happen, of course. Returning his attention to the task at hand, Truskar tells you that Windflame will be carrying the bag you're to attain. He describes the bag to you in great detail. Say it is, it is large, made of leather, and it bears the emblazoned silhouette of a silvered moon on both of its sides. I'm told she is never without the bag, he says. You simply need to retrieve it and bring it to me. Aware that Tuscar has, has failed to touch upon a particularly important point, you ask him if you're supposed to kill Windflame. Yes, it seems likely that she will, he says. However, no directive as such has been given to me. If some way to claim the bag bag should present itself, you could certainly choose to leave her alive. No there will be no tears should she come to a bad end. Just be very careful, Zoop. She's wary and deadly. I no doubt she would be allowed to think that someone like you is on her trail. But you must be cautious, and you must get that back. Trescar reminds you to make certain you're not observed following your encounter with Windflame. He tells you it must be believed that she will be alone. He told you it is believed she will be alone at the shrine, and you must take all necessary precautions to ensure the secrecy of your mission. I must go. He says abruptly, I'll find you when you return to the city. Good luck, and may the All Father keep you safe. With that, Truska turns and moves swiftly away along the edge of the street. He is soon out of sight. Before afternoon is out, you're heading north and east along an overgrown trail that snakes its way to the heart of a thick patch of forest, only a few miles from the gates of Tallinus. Every now and then, you stop and scan your surroundings. Watching and listening, for any sign you're not alone on your trek to the forgotten shrine. Each time, your eyes and ears are met with only the reassuring sights and pleasant sounds of the lively woods. At last, after skirting round an impassable stretch of laurel, just as the sun is beginning its descent, you quest a small hill and find yourself looking down over the moss-covered ruins of the ancient shrine. The Shrine of the Frozen Heart, built during an age now scarcely remembered by even the most studied stage- sages, is little more than shattered heaps of mossy, bracken-covered stone blocks. Only the obelisks, a wide, towering column of stone that stretches to nearly the height of the surrounding trees, serves to to lend a hint of the site's former and profound mystery. Countless scenes and images are carved on the massive obelisk, some of them clearly depicting symbols of Swithak. Though many are, to you, of unknown significance. The base of the column, a broad set of stone steps, descends to meet an an overgrown path that leads east into a more open section of the forest. On the northern side of the hill from which you first observed the shrine, just south of the obelisk, you settle in for what you realise may be a lengthy vigil. According to what Tuscar told you, The woman known as Windflame is expected to visit the shrine within a few days, for now you have little choice but to stay out of sight as you watch and wait. For two long cold, lonely days you maintain your hillside vigil, studying the obelisk and the half buried ruins that surround it all the while watching and listening for any sign that someone may be approaching. Morning on the third day, dawns cold and dreary. A frigid rain fell for most of the night, and even now an icy drizzle lingers. You find it difficult to believe the woman you've come here seeking, regardless of the strength of her devotion, would choose to visit the shrine in this weather. Chilled to the bone, and fearing you may soon find yourself stricken with some unpleasant affliction, you're about to consider abandoning the task, or at least moving to a new location, when you spot something moving through the trees to the east. A satisfied smile falls on your craving lips as you immediately recognise the arrival of Windflame. A young woman, clad in a hooded cloak, perched atop a black mare, is slowly making her way north and west towards the obelisk. Her steed, its footfalls strangely silent, draws to a halt at the end of the overgrown craft. Path, just at the edge of the ruins. The old woman looks in all directions, her dark eyes scouring the forest. At last, seemingly at ease with what she surveyed, she skilfully dismounts... begins to cautiously approach the monument. Windflame has only taken a few steps away from her horse, when the animal suddenly dissolves into a whippling puddle of gloom. A whippling pool of shadows slivers along the forest floor, and melds into the young woman's shadow. You, You can only see flashes of her face beneath the hoods. You're certain... The woman stepping up to the obelisk is no older than perhaps 20. Despite her youth, she carries herself with a wary shortness that seems to suggest that she's wizened far beyond her meagre tally of years. And since she seems to know shadow magic, or know someone who knows shadow magic, maybe the horse knows shadow magic, I don't know how that would work. The maybe she's actually... Shadow magic, which, as we learned in Proving Ground 5, slows down ageing a lot. She might look about 20. She might look 20, because she could actually be a lot older. As she turns to mount the steps leading up to the base of the obelisk, you spot the moon in bag. bag. Described to you by Truskar, hanging from the rope belt, encircling her waist. You also take note of a short slot sword, slung onto her right side. The old woman lowers her head as she steps towards the obelisk. The soft, gentle sound of her half-whispered prayer serves to give you a moment's pause. For a fleeting instant, Tuskar's description of her as a heartless killer is banished from your thoughts. You find yourself inexplicably drawn to her circumstance, much intrigued by her burgeoning display of pious devotion as you are by the mysterious nature of the endeavour that has brought you here. Look, even monsters can be pious sometimes. As if suddenly stirred from, from your sleep, your mind clears and you find yourself solely focused on the objective of between the bag. With no way to know how long she'll remain ocup- occupied and oblivious to your presence, you wholly you determine an immediate course of action. So, I could attempt to launch a surprise attack or attempt to steal the bag from her, which of course means I need the skill of Feathery, and it probably helps to have it as high as possible. My current skill of Feathery... Is 81 and that should be more than enough. Hmm. I'll steal the bag. Swiftly and quietly, you steal up behind the young woman. Picking a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from fever. 20 from agility. 10 from luck. Going to get 75 or more. I get spotted. Pick now! 138. Success. You move up behind the young woman without being detected. As you draw to within an arm's reach of her, you prepare to make an attempt for the bag. Holding your breath, with your every muscle tensed, you reach for the bag tighter to the rope that encircles the wound's waist. It will take a steady hand, and perhaps a bit of luck, to pull off the bold theft. Pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from Feathery. 20 from Agility. 10 from Luck. Gotta get seventy-five or more, or I'll tug too much and alert her. Pick now. Seventy-two failure without warning. Wind Flame swirls around and glares at you. Her dark eyes ablaze as she draws her short blade and raises her left hand. Your pulse quickens as the young woman's raised hand begins to tremble. I can only guess he's summoning some sort of deadly magic. A crackling bolt of blue flame erupts from the palm of the young woman's outstretched hand and streaks towards you. So I've got a few options now. I can use fortification, elementalism, shadow magic, or I could just try to dodge. Hmm. Shadow magic. It succeeded. 16 XP to shadow magic. You channel your power of shadow magic and watch as several thick bands of gloom peel away from the surrounding trees to form a web in front of you. The hurtling bolt of fire slams into the shadowy barrier and is promptly repelled. The young woman's outstretched, smoke-enveloped hand continues to tremble. Another one? A second bolt of blue flame whoops from the palm of the young woman's outstretched hand and streaks towards you. Alright, I need 60s in fortification, elementalism or shadow magic, or I could just dodge. I'll use elementalism this time. It succeeded. 16 XP to elementalism. You channel your power of elementalism. In an immediate answer to your summons, a mighty elemental swoops down through the trees, and effortlessly sends the hurtling bolt flame, flame. bolt of flame, of course. The deadly fire blast strikes the ground. Several yards to your right, your woman's outstretched, smoke-enveloped hand continues to tremble. A third bolt of blue flame erupts. From the palm of the young woman's outstretched hand and streaks towards you. Okay, same checks again. Fortification. 16 XP to fortification. You swiftly channel your power of fortification. A shimmering barrier of red energy appears in front of you. Only seconds before the arrival of the deadly firebolt. The hurtling flame smashes into your magical shield and explodes, showering you with a a wane of smouldering sparks. The young woman's outstretched, smoke-enveloped hand continues to tremble. A fourth bolt of blue flame erupts from the palm of the young woman's outstretched hand and streaks towards you. Well, I've done the other three options... Let's try to dodge this time. You twist it aside side in an attempt to dodge the deadly blast of fire. Picking a number. Bonus of 40. 20 from agility. 10 for body. 10 from luck. Gotta get 75 or more or I will be set on fire. And for what I've heard, that hurts. 48, failure. <laughs> Ow! The bolt of flame strikes you squarely in the chest, sending you sprawling onto the leaf-covered floor. Thirteen damage. Wounded but alive. You stagger at your feet and struggle to regain your senses. The young woman's outstretched, smoke-enveloped hand continues to tremble. A fifth bolt of blue flame! A whoops from the palm of the young woman's hand and streaks towards you. Okay, I'll try to dodge this one. You leap to the side in an attempt to dodge the deadly blast of fire. Alright, picking a number. Bonus 40. Gonna get 75 or more. Or I get set on, or I get struck again. Pick now. 100. And, 116 is a success. And a remarkable display of agility. You narrowly dodge the fly we bolt. The flaming missile strikes the ground only a few feet away and explodes, showering you with a wane of cinders and earth. The young woman suddenly gasps and steps back, lowering her left hand, around which a thin wreath of smoke yet lingers, sensing she may have at last exhausted her capacity to wield her fearsome magic. You charge forward determined to prevent her from launching any further attacks. Windflame swiftly draws her short sword and assumes a defensive stance as she prepares to meet your rapid advance. The young woman wields her blade with a remarkable degree of skill, parrying your initial assault and immediately countering with the deadly stripe of her shining weapon. All right, I defiantly fight, Wind flame so kill or subdue kill or subdue kill or subdue that's that is the option now hmm of course subduing killing is easier than subduing, but I'm more than strong enough that that's not really an object hmm. now the thing is if I if I subdue her. She may well kill again. But if I kill her, I'm killing someone. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'll subdue her on the off chance that this isn't who I've been told she is. Maybe she was replaced earlier. Maybe Truskar's lying. Who knows? Subdue her. Subdue her. The young woman slashes at you with her deadly blade. Admittedly, admittedly, she almost certainly is a murder worker, seeing as how her reaction to attempted faith wasn't to go oi faith, stop that, and then slap me on the head was to go for, you know, deadly fire and stabbings. Mm, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe some people just twitch itching could do that. I mean, we have no one's word other than Truscar that she's actually a serial killer. Hmm. Yes, yeah, it's a curious thing. Keep slashing at you with her deadly blade. She's mostly down now. One final blow, down she goes. She is subdued. 70 XP. Wind flame collapses your feet and makes only a feeble attempt at rising before lapsing into unconsciousness. Content to leave her alive, you quickly retrieve the leather bag attached to her belt and secure it among your other possessions. Okay, now, now, go on, Zoop, now, tie her up and bring her to... Somebody... Some authorities. Because we we do know that. Any author. Pretty much. Any force of law and order. Would be perfectly happy to. Happy to. To lock up and then presumably hang a member of the Dyer. Of course the Dyer does have this tendency to. ...to stage deadly breakouts. Mm. Lying next to her... ...only inches from her right hand... ...is the magnificent short sword... ...she's so adeptly wheeled against you. You may choose to take this item... ...by clicking on it now. Alright, this is Wind Flame's blade. It's a magical slashing weapon. It has a melee weighting of 5 and 2 ore. In other words... There is pretty much no situation in which you'll actually equip it. Although, I... Yeah, wait. Let me just check the Shimmering Silver ones. Now, that doesn't boost aura. Hmm. I'm guessing if you were desperate to get aura maximized, you might equip it then, but... Well, honestly... The overwhelming majority of the weapons you get are just either to sell or to store. This shining—this is the shining blade that once belonged to the assassin known as Windflame. The weapon is of magical. Confident that by the time she wakes up you'll be well away from here. You spend several moments checking over you're equi- checking over your equipment before setting off for Talonus. Hmm. Now, I'm guessing, I mean, I'm just guessing that she probably needs that bag for most of her assassinations or for some other reason. Anyway, without the bag, she's probably be a lot less of a problem. When you are safe distance from the shrine, you pause to gather your bearings and take a peek inside the prolonged bag. You peer down into the leather bag and are surprised to find it contains several bone fragments and a large quantity of grey and black ash. Ah, well, that explains why the title is Bones and Dust. You believe that the bones and ash could very well be the insinuated remains of a corpse. Is this some sort of trophy thing? You know, when you kill someone, you take a little part off them for reasons. Honestly, I don't know the reasons. I don't go on killing sprees, so I don't know how people who go on killing sprees think. Not, 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 not either mass murderers or serial killers, who are, of course, different, because mass murderers do it all at once. Serial killers spread it out, so you can maintain a longer period of terror. And, you know, you, you, can, get, you can get a style. Suddenly, you spot something beneath one of the larger pieces of bone, tilting the bag to shift its contents. You watch as the layer of ash slides to the side, revealing a shiny silver wing. So I could take the silver wing or leave it where it is and close the bag. Hmm, I'll just check the wiki. Uh, I've checked the wiki, and apparently, if you take out the wing, some, uh, you, you don't even get the wing, apparently, and some of the ash falls out of the bag. And for somehow it summons it summons a bunch of skeletons which you can fight, so you get a little bit more extra XP if you do that. But I feel I well, but I feel I've ruined something I've done if I've done that. Yeah, so I, I'm leaning towards. Uh, let's just just leave the wing be. Which is what I'm going to do. Leave it where it is and close the bag. With no desire to further disturb the strange contents, you swiftly close the bag and place it safely amongst your other belongings. Then, without further delay, you set off for Talonus. You travel to Talonus and spend nearly two days in the city before you encounter Truscar near the Cathedral of Silver Wayne. The bearded man steps out from behind you, taking you by surprise, and promptly inquires about the outcome of your mission. You hand him the bag of bones and ash. He asks if the woman who carries carries the bag is dead or alive. When you tell Truskar that Windflame is alive, you know, unless, say, I don't know, a troll just came back, just bumbled by, go doob-doob-doob-doob, I am a tall boo, boo 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 look human probably tasty with mushrooms and acorns me eat human put human in big anachronistic pot and hit with club, until tender and tasty. <laughs> Wait, you tow? he closes his eyes and then nods. Very well, he says, his eyes springing open as he briefly meets you in a shoulder cross. Without her back, it is unlikely we'll need to again concern ourselves with her. Still, it always prays to be cautious. Again... Well done, Zoop. Yeah, I'm guessing that those skeletons that are in the bag. Now, if, if, I, if I had saved just before this one, I would show you the skeletons, but I last saved over an hour ago, so I'd have to go through the whole, the whole saga again. sag no, again. No, 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 I don't feel like doing that. Tuscar loosens the string cinching the top of the bag, and peers down into the leather stack. His expression betrays nothing, and he quickly closes the bag. "'Bones and dust,' he says, looking up to meet your inquisitive gaze. The are right to be curious, but there isn't much I can say about it. "'You have some suspicions, but that is all. "'Bones and dust. "'What will all be one day, I suppose?' Truscar bids you farewell. tells you that either he or another member of the Black Wit will meet up with you when the next task is at hand. He reminds you to remain remain cautious and stay away from Quivus and any other such dangerous entanglements. Okay, how will I know that another person is the member of the Black Wit? I mean... I mean, couldn't the Dyer just... Pretend to be a member of the Black Wit and send me to do something really, really bad. As he turns and slips away along the street, you find yourself wondering what lies ahead and if perhaps you had been better to wash your hands completely of this perilous, clandestine operation. soaring along the broad lane that runs up to the quadrangle. ...just inside the city gates... ...you find yourself taking com- odd comfort... ...in the company of strangers through... ...unknown to you... ...the people dutifully tending... ...to your own affair... ...their own affairs, so to remind you... there remain concerns... ...both small and large... ...entirely unrelated... ...to your own lengthening litany... ...of troubles and worries... ...it's lev- less comforting rather... ...to consider the fact... That men like Curvas and Tuscar walk unknown among these people. Their shadowy agendas concealed from even most discerning eyes. And that finishes this adventure for 256 experience to general. And this also unlocks a new, another quest called A Lonely Light, which is also in Talonus convenient. The light, the bright flickering glow spilling out of the tower's upper window unexpectedly disappears in its sudden departure, draping the summit of the hillock with the deep black of a cold moonless night. And it's been nearly an hour, so I'll do that in the next episode. I'm going to save here. Which, admittedly, commits Zoop to siding with the Black Wit. And in the next episode, we will continue along that saga. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.